Thanks, Nettie. I was, uh, I was uh, first time to come here way back. Uh, I've been a friend to Pastor Philip. I met him since uh, 20, almost 20 years ago uh, when I went to the, to the States, and we got to know each other, and he'd been inviting me to come here in Pretoria. So I've been here maybe five times already, and so... I'm glad to be back again. Uh, now uh, South Africa is hosting our world conference. Aren't you excited about it? And whether you're going to Cape Town uh, this week or not, uh, this is, uh, this is uh, uh, a world conference hosted by South, Afri South Africa. And so therefore, um, uh, a lot of us are coming from the Philippines. I think more than 300 Filipinos are coming. We're going to be singing some of your songs like the way we sang Tribe this evening. And... Um, and looking forward for an amazing um, conference again uh, here. And uh, so if we do this conference, we do this conference every three years. So we're hoping three years from now we'll do it in the Philippines. So you better come, right? I'll tell Pastor Jonathan to rally all the people from Willows uh, to go to the Philippines and make sure you go to Boracay Beach, okay? Um, uh, so uh, one of my friends... Uh, uh, tried to make fun of another pastor in the Philippines. One of our pastors there is half uh, African-American and half Filipino. And so one of our pastors wanted to uh, uh, play games uh, on him. And so he, he downloaded, uh, tried to look for a picture of a, of a, on, on, on the Internet. And instead of finding a picture of a black African-American uh, African -American, uh, of this guy, he found a picture of a person who looked like me. <laughs> and so he called me to his office and says, do you know this? I said, wow, who is that? With curly hair? I said, it looks like me, really. And, and, but with curly hair, and I tried to make a research, I found out he's from South Africa. <laughs> he's, a, he's a breakfast uh, cereal uh, model. Uh, so anyways, I said, wow, uh, okay. I, I'm, I'll be looking for my brother uh, from another mother uh, from South Africa, you know. So um, I'm glad to be back again. We just had our, our last year I was here. We had a discipleship conference, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, uh, I've seen Pastor Jonathan for the first time um, uh, when they were in intensives, Every Nation Seminary in the Philippines. And uh, I treated Pastor Philip. He tagged along Pastor Jonathan, so I got to know him. And... Uh, I guess he was obliged to invite me here today. So I'm here, um, and um, I'm just, uh, I just want to share something that is, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn it with me to uh, Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. Um, uh, Nettie and his wife, and Pastor Jonathan and his wife, and Bishop Manny and myself went to safari last night, and uh, four out of five top five uh, showed up. And so we were, we were so encouraged. Uh, uh, Pastor Steve, I told Pastor Steve we saw the, the, the top five in the safari last night. Not top four of the safari. And he was glad. And, uh, and then he sent a, a, an emoji of those top five. But there are six. I was wondering, why is it six? And then I saw the last one. It's a poodle. <laughs> and I said, Steve, this is not part of the top five. This is part of the top cutest animal and so uh joshua chapter 14 let's all stand as we read god's word together today we'll be reading from verse 6 through verse uh, 12 and it says then the people of judah came to joshua at gilgal and caleb the son of jepune the kenesite said to him you know what the lord said to moses the man of god in kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. 
And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot had trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because ye have wholly followed the Lord your God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said this 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old, and I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is my, uh, uh, my strength then uh, was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there and with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Let us pray. Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that at one point in our life, we can declare the way Caleb declared it. The Lord, this day, I'm 85 years old. Lord, I am as strong as I was when I was 40. And Lord, still believing and claiming what the Lord had promised. May the fire continue to burn in our hearts. Even when we grow older, we may be young today. On fire for the Lord and the gospel and the kingdom of God. May that same fire sustain us up to the end. Lord, this we pray, Lord God. Teach each, touch each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and take your seats. I think by reading the word, we're done with the word. Just reading it. You know, sometimes it's just reading the word is, is just fascinating. Uh, and, and it uh, encouraged us. And just reading this, it, it really made me um, encourage, especially... Especially nowadays where there are a lot of talk, there are a lot of uh, young people who are angry. And there's this word that had been invented, uh, 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 invented uh, way back in 1930s, if I'm not mistaken, and got revived again in, in the 80s and 90s. And recently it was so well known is that the word, and the word we all know about is woke. But it had been invented way back in the 1940s. And woke is like a person who knew all these things and angry about it. And they would post something on Facebook. And as if by posting, they already experienced what they're trying to talk about. But, but really, um, uh, it's kind of tough uh, uh, going against what's we're, what we're hearing around us. And, and we, you get, we get so discouraged easily when we hear all the news and but it takes courage for a young person to stand up against what's popular. Uh, nowadays, if you have lots of followers, you can even monetize it. And so therefore, the more followers you have, your truth is more important than other people's truth. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's about numbers. But today, I'd like us to see a, an example here. Of young men, the word forty in the Bible is, it connotes young people in the in the Bible in the Old Testament. Um, uh, Joseph, when he went to Egypt, it was he was a young man, young man according to Hebrew, but he was in his in his forties already. All right, so a young person in the Bible is from a teenager up to somewhere around that age, and uh, and so the book of Joshua was written, and the book of Joshua, Joshua is like, uh, it, it, rep, it, it, it's a, it speaks of victory, and, and, and it's a good uh, lesson for us New Testament Christians uh, to learn from that, uh, from the victory in the book of Joshua. Uh, in fact, in Corinthians, it says that, if we have it on our, on our, on our, on our keynote, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, it says, and these things happened to them as an, as an example, but, when, but, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. 
So that is the purpose of the stories in the Old Testament, is to instruct us today, to instruct the New Testament Christians how to live their lives. So these are examples for us. So it's good to talk about these guys facing maybe a little bit, of, uh, maybe a bit different compared to what we're facing today, but, but just the same, the lessons we can learn from their lives is something that we can learn even up to today now we're talking about not Joshua but he's talking about one of his buddies his name is Caleb Caleb wasn't even an Israelite he was a Kenizzite uh, same tribe with the Midianites uh, remember remember Moses went to uh, run away and he was 40 years old he ran away and stayed and stayed in Midian and married uh, married a woman there um, and stayed there for another 40 years. So that's why he was 80 already when he, when he uh, uh, helped and talked to the Pharaoh. But uh, these are Kenosites. They're good friends with the Israelites. They were the old folks uh, staying in, the, in, in Canaan when the Israelites came. And they were very friendly uh, to the Israelites. So Caleb wasn't even an Israelite. And yet he was sent one of the 12 when they entered into the promised land, they, and they have to study the land. And so Moses has to send the top 12. All right, the top 12 from different tribes, uh, from, from, from amongst them. And they were sent. And they went there for 40 days. Spying the land for 40 days. The conclusion? Well, as part of the search committee... He was just one, uh, uh, two, they were just two out of 12 who had a different message. The most popular ones were brought by the 10 people. Now, if it is being done on Facebook today, people would believe the 10 rather than the two. It's a numbers game. And so, but it didn't matter to Caleb and to Joshua, even though the most popular message was different. In fact, it was so popular, if you go against it, you might even be stoned to death. In fact, the Bible says their hearts melted. But anyways, I think I'm going ahead of myself. But let me focus on this person. His name is Caleb. Caleb. And um, I like his disposition. The scripture kept on saying this. And his disposition is something to do with verse 8, 9, and, and 14. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. It was repeated again, verse 9. You have wholly followed the Lord my God. And, and verse 14, he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. That's his disposition. When I was a youth pastor during the ancient of days, I'm now 58. I came to know Christ for almost 40 years ago. We're celebrating our 40 years next year. Uh, I was 18, 40 years ago. So now I'm 58. I'm approaching my third citizenship two more years ago. Could you imagine that? But anyways, where was I? Now it's, 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 you're seeing the proof. <laughs> but it says he wholly followed the Lord. Holy Father. When I was a youth pastor... I mean, I want to, you know, I just, I, I want to, I was thinking of a name for our youth group, you know, and I was reading my Bible this morning, like in Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and the Lord says, I want you to marry, not just marry any virgin. I want you to marry a whore. What? Because I want to teach you a lesson, and that lesson is for the people of Israel. What? And so he did. Then they had children. The names were, I was reading this morning. I woke up 3 o'clock this morning. I, I, I felt so spiritual this morning. <laughs> 3 o'clock in the morning. What are you going to do 3 o'clock in the morning? I wasn't spiritual. I was jet lagged. <laughs> right now, it's, 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 uh, it's 2 a.m. in the Philippines. So you better listen or else I'm going to slip on my sermon. So 3 o'clock, I woke up and said, what are you going to do at 3 o'clock? So, of course, I'm a spiritual man. I read my Bible. I said, I'm going to go read the minor prophets. So I started reading Hosea. What a, what a story of a prophet. Then he, he had children named Jisrael, Jisrael, whatever. Okay, Jisrael, okay. Second, second daughter, second uh, child, is the name is, is No Mercy. 
what a name for a child. No mercy. And then the third, the third child, you want to know the name? Not my people. That's the name of the third child. It's going to sound like an Indian, you know? An Indian mom is about to deliver a baby, going to the hospital and, and saw the prairie and the mountains. And, oh, I'm going to name my child Keanu. You know, it's like, what is this? What is that? So anyway, so I was a youth pastor, so I decided, you know what? I want young people who are on fire for God. So I named them Youth on Fire. Was it? I was so creative, right? I called them Youth on Fire. So, I mean, what, what is that? Yes, on fire for God, you know? So that, that stuck, that name Youth on Fire, because that word Youth on Fire is, is a picture of the description given by Joshua in this passage about Caleb who, whose heart was fully committed to the Lord. On fire for God. On fire for God. His disposition was different even while he was still a young person. It didn't matter whether he was an Israelite or Kenesite. It didn't matter, but he was part of the, the people of God called to spy the land for the people of God for 40 days. And he, come out, he came out different. The 10 people, was, they were so negative except the two of them. Different spirit. The scripture called it different spirit. And... And so his disposition was different. I, I, I like how Dear Moody, uh, when he was a younger person, and he was invited in a gathering, and a preacher preached. And this is the, what the preacher said. The preacher says, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. And then he added, he said, I want to be that man. Uh, Dear Moody says, and the preacher was, was uh, Henry Varley. And he says, with God's help. I aim to be that man. And that had been, what a fire in his bones. He just attended the service for the first time. I heard a preacher say it. The world has yet to see what God can do to a man whose heart is fully committed to him. If you're seated at the back, there should be something inside of you that says, I want to be that man. Lord, count me in. I want to be that man. D.L. Moody prayed that prayer. And, and, is, and he helped change the world. A scripture that's really one of my favorites. One of the scriptures that I, 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 I made a dog tag for the youth. And we had this dog tag. And we put this verse on that dog tag. Sold out. You know, when you go to a, a, a furniture store, how long are you starting a family? You know, you, you're starting a family. You go to a grocery, uh, furniture. You buy furniture. And you found something you like. And then you approach the furniture and there's that one tag that says, you know what I mean. And then here you are, you saw that tag that says, sold. I like this furniture. But it's been sold. And then you talk to the person and says, are you sure this is sold? <laughs> and then, that's why we wrote it there, sold. It is sold. And you know what? Young people ought to be that way, where we have a tag that says sold, sold out for God. And that was just a simple picture of the life of a young person who's on fire for God, sold for God. And, they, and it was described in these passages of Scripture in, in, um, in, first, in first Corinthians chapter 6, 19. It says, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. You're sold out. You're sold. What a disposition he had. Not only his disposition, but his dependence. I like the series of the verses mentioned about, about describing his dependence. And in verse 6, 9, 10, uh, twice in 10, and twice in 12, which it says, The Lord said, And Moses swore on that day, saying, The Lord had kept me alive just as he said. Verse 10, The Lord spoke this word to Moses. The Lord spoke on that day. Verse 12, as the Lord said. That was his dependence. His dependence is anchored on the word of God. What did the scripture say? I like, I like, I like how uh, uh, Leonard Sweet put it about leadership. He says, leadership is not, they're not made or born. 
they're summoned. When God calls you to the ministry, I want to tell you right now, it's going to be bloody out there. You might as well quit now. Don't enroll, right? You saw Nettie says, I want you to come. Don't even enroll because it's going to be bloody out there. But guess what? When God calls you, it doesn't matter whether it's going to be bloody or not. Because God spoke. And I'm going to be there. Are you here with me? You're the only promise you're standing on is standing on the promises of God and you better no matter what the current and the opinions in culture it doesn't matter because the Lord spoke to me that's his disposition and he kept on saying it when he was reminding his bro Joshua reminding him that Moses says God said God said several times six times and that's how he uh, uh, carried himself through this life he stood on the promises of God. You know why I read my Bible every day? Not because I was appointed bishop. So I better, you know, represent bishopry properly. I don't know if I said it right. No, I read my Bible every day because I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. I want to know his word. At least I found out one of the daughters of Hosea is no mercy. Amazing. His dependence is on the word of God. His, 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 uh, his disposition is on fire for God. He was dependent on the word of God. And his daringness, his courage is unparalleled. If you want victory in your life, how many of you know victory cannot be won by just, by mere, mere action? But that mean, I mean, you can be on a, on a, on a rocking chair and in an action mode but going nowhere so if you want victory in your life victory is like it's like it's like a door to opportunity i want you to know that the door to opportunity swings on the hinges of opposition you can't have victory without opposition you cannot just give up so easily just because it's so cold. You know, I mean, my, my lips has been, has been it's like it's, it's throbbing, throbbing. I, I feel it throbbing again. Next to this, it's, it's going to crack one of these days. I'm not used to this. I'm from the tropical island of the Philippines. I go to Pretoria and I had to put lipstick. I mean, uh, something. <laughs> I said, what is going on? Why, why would I do that when I go to Pretoria? Why should I put that lipstick on? And, 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 and. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you know, it's so hot, it's so cold, and, and you give up easily. Sometimes we can give up easily. Some of you might say, easy for you to say that, Pastor. You've run 50 kilometers a day for 50 days. Only crazy people do that. I am. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you can't get victory easily that, you know, this, oh, you know, I want victory. No, no, you go fight for it. There will be opposition in this life. And Caleb exemplified that here. He's been waiting for his inheritance for 45 years. It has been promised to him when he was 40 years old. And he allowed the people to get their allotments. And waited for them to settle down. Then he reached at the age of 85. Now he approached his friend Joshua. And these are some of the realities that I have noticed in his life. That he faced head on as being a courageous and daring person. A person taking risks. And here are the oppositions he had to face. Number one. Grasshopper complex. Grasshopper complex. Look at what it says in verse, verse 7. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to, the, to spy out the land. And I was brought, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. What was the word in his heart during that time? Same with Joshua. Joshua knew it. The rest of the other 10 during this time were already dead. These two were the ones who were supposed to be dead because they would be stoned to death by the people. But God did the, you know, 
punished the ten and died and not even able to enter into this promised land. But the point was, he gave a word. And what was the word? We can do it. The ten says, we can't. We are like grasshoppers in their eyes. We can't. The ten said it. And the hearts of the people melted. The Bible says their hearts melted. Do you know how it feels when your heart is melting? Have you experienced that before? It's like, you can't stand on your feet. Just, I can't do that now. I mean, that's melt. It's like, I can't. You start perspiring immediately. Your heart is melting. Because of the news that you heard. That's what it's called. We call it that, that grasshopper complex. Where you look down in yourself because of the Anakites. And so therefore, we cannot do it. Grasshopper complex is one of the things that we needed to set aside as people of God. Why? Because we won't be able to get that victory if we have grasshopper complex. We will stay where we are and we are not going to go to the nations. What is the theme of our world conference? Only two letter word, go. And it takes courage to fulfill that. And if you have a grasshopper complex, you're not going to move. We're not going to move. But Caleb had no... Grasshopper complex at all. Caleb's report was outnumbered. I mean, when, when you're outnumbered, Caleb and Joshua were a minority in the search committee, and yet they had faith in God. They saw what is happening in the land, but they had faith in their God. When we see our situation around us, we, we can easily get discouraged. How many young people today are suffering from mental health issues? Why? Because of the pressures in this life. I, was, I, was, I, have, a, I have a daughter uh, and got married before the, before the pandemic. And, but they had two babies during pandemic. I said, what a courageous, come on, keep it up, you know. And... Uh, the first one, it was okay, you know. They had a hard time going to the hospital, you know. The second time, I was like, are you really serious? You're pregnant again? Where is your husband again? It's like, you know, it, it, it was what is happening here. Too courageous for me, the way I look at it. But, uh, but they had faith in God. But you know what? You don't, you, don't, you don't allow the opinions of others to change your Opinion or your faith in God. We have to learn how to look at things through the POV of God. When you're looking at the point of view of the majority, we won't be able to make it. We will embrace that kind of complex and we are not going to be able to move and become leaders in our society. When I was younger, they told us, you change the campus and you change the world. Pastor Steve would put a huge map on the wall. And, then, and he would tell us, the Filipinos, someday you're going to go, be going to these nations. We didn't even have a passport. I mean, we, are, we came from the province. Our parents sent us to university. And they had a hard time, you know, seeing us through university. And now we're going to go to the nations. We didn't even know how to say the names of the nation. What is that? Chuane. How do you say it? Chuane. <laughs> See, I can't even say it. But you have to be there, right? It's not because you can't say the name. It doesn't mean you're not called to go there. And so, and so Pastor Steve had to teach us to think global. When we were just thinking about our own sphere, small world. He had taught us to think big. He had taught us that he would tell us Filipinos are, have apostolic faces. In other, words, in other words, we didn't have history of aggression in our nation. We didn't have history of, of aggression. They're the ones trying to colonize us. 
400 years, the Spanish came. 50 years, the American came. The American came. And a few years, Japanese came. And we, that's why we have different kind of color skin and last names. Are a, lot, a, lot, a lot of Spanish last names, right? And, 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 so, and we didn't have a history of aggression. And, and this must be a part of the providential history of God upon your nation. That Filipinos can be everywhere, anywhere. True enough, there are 10 million Filipinos across the globe right now at this moment. And, 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 and because of diaspora, because of the economic diaspora, we're spread out all over the place. And we, and we realize, true enough, we have an apostolic face. It's not white. It's not black. It's just that. <laughs> but I like the point of view of God. Look at Isaiah. There's a point of view in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 22. And it says, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Who is he? God. And it, in its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Now this is God's POV. His point of view is he's on top of the circle of the earth. And he looked at all the inheritance and says, they're like grasshoppers. And you know what? God wants us to have the same perspective. Not us being grasshoppers, but we go and look and says, we can do it. We can take the land. There will be oppositions, yes, but we will win it. We're going to have victory. Are we here today? Is it, am I making sense? This is the Bible now. This is not my invention. This is the Bible. I was reading it to you guys. In fact, after I read it, I, I, I said, it, you know, we, we can all go home. Because we, I just read the word. Because it's the word of God. The perspective of God is different from the perspective of the majority. You and God, you are the majority. Because God is on our side. Amen? The second, as, as we move along, as we, as we become courageous and daring and taking risks uh, risk as people of God, is that we set aside the, the grasshopper complex and we learn how to slay the giant bullies. We have the giant bullies. What are the bullies in South Africa? I don't know about you, but in my nation... The main bully in my nation is injustice, corruption, and poverty. Why do we have an NGO helping the marginalized youth to have access to college education? Why is that? Because we've learned that when you give a student access to college education, they'll have at least a decent life after that and be able to earn and help their family in return. And so right now, we have more than a thousand scholars across the country at this moment. When I run 2015, we had 250. Now we have a thousand. And, and, and people are giving. And people are giving. And, and it's just amazing. And, and, but that's our giant. What, is, what are your giants? In, in your place, in, in, in Johannesburg, in South Africa. What are your giants? Are your giants has something to do with the color of the skin? Well, in our nation, if you're dark like me, they kind of inject themselves for them to be whiter. Well, you know what it's called? Glutathione or something? Yeah, the, the, you don't have that here, right? Only in the Philippines. You see, our giants, our demons are different in the, in the Philippines. The whiter you are, you know, the better you are, the better look, good looking you are. So they inject themselves with this kind of chemical in order, to, in order for you to be whiter. When I meet Americans and they see my color, I mean, they work a hard time going to the beach to get this kind of color. Why should I inject myself with glottathione and be like them? Are you here with me? And so we, have, we face different demons and different giants in the land. But I want you to know that God has called each and every one of you to slay your giants in your generation.
you have your own giants we have we have our own giants but you are facing a different giant post post covid what are you going to do about it god has called you to face these giant bullies when i was when my daughter was young i had only one daughter uh, and when she was young and I'd, I'd, I'd be the bus driver, bring her to school every day. And I only have one charge for her every day. Take charge. And then one day I have to explain what take charge means. Okay, take charge, Ellie, means you help those kids who are being bullied in school. You come to the rescue. You have extra food so you can share. When they're, they're, the, the teacher would need volunteers, you raise your hand. You volunteer. Elizabeth, let's pray, and then we would pray, and then it says, okay, as you leave Ellie, remember, take charge. And she would know what to do. Take charge, and she would feel good. I'm going to take charge. Well, she, got, she went to college in the University of the Philippines. I kind of changed my, my, my charge during this time. I said, take care. <laughs> because she's my only daughter, and she's going to the university, you know. I know what it's like in the university. But my point is, I mean, we have to teach our generation to face the giant bullies in their generations. And, and, and Joshua and Caleb did their part. But it took some convincing for them to talk to the people of God and be courageous enough to face, to eliminate grasshopper complex and face the giants in the land and know that God is with them in order for them to accomplish what God has called them to do. Um, this is how they, 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 uh, they dealt with the bad report. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, look at that right now in, in, uh, in, in, in Numbers 13, verse 32. It says, so they brought to the people of Israel, of Israel bad report of the land that they, had to, that they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone to, to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants and all the people that we saw in, in it are of great height. In Joshua 14, 12 says, For you heard on that day how the Anakim, that's the name of the guys, the tall guys there, the giants were there and with great fortified cities. Now the name of the Hebron Formerly was Kiriat Arba, and Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, the giants, and, had, and the land had rest from war. So these are the giants. And faith, you know, but, but, but Caleb had a different kind of perspective, and he see things differently. Um, and and, and uh, look at what happened in Numbers uh, we're talking about Numbers 14. Let's go to, uh, let's go to uh, yeah, Numbers 14. Let, uh, Joshua 14, I mean. And let's go to Numbers 14 and look how he did it when he was 40. Okay? This is how he's, the way he thinks. I, I don't want to share that to you guys. Verse 8, chapter 14 of Numbers. This is how he thinks after spying. And this is what he says. If the Lord delights, he was talking to the people now. Have you, you, you remember the movie uh, uh, Braveheart? When there's the blue face, half of the face is blue. Remember that? And then he was on his horse. You may die. You remember what he said? How he said it? I didn't memorize it, but that's one of my favorite movies, right? I mean, it's like they were all discouraged. They want to go home. We want to go home. We're going to die here. And then Braveheart. That's why he's called Braveheart, right? He sat on his horse. And he gave his brave speech. You may, did he say, you may die now and die here. Or you may go home and die. Nevertheless, you're all going to die. You know, something to that effect. <laughs> but at least when you die here, you fought against your enemies. And there will be a story to tell something to that effect. Right? Braveheart. Now, this is the original Braveheart, Caleb. And this is how he said it. You want to know how he said it? This is crazy. That's why I like this. Look, he says, if the Lord delights in us and he will bring into this land and give it to us, a land that, is, that flows with milk and honey, only do not rebel against the Lord 
and do not fear the people of the land, for they are what? Bread to us. The protection is removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. You know, this is bordering on trash talking. You know, in the Philippines, there are only two sports. By the way, I just want to warn you right now. I'm going to be preaching up to 10 p.m. Because I heard something about that 9 o'clock thing. So, brace yourself. No walking out on me now. 10 o'clock. In the Philippines, we're known for two, three Bs. You know, basketball, boxing, and beauty pageant. You got two Miss, Miss Universes twice in a row. Right? I'm telling you. <laughs> but in basketball, there's this, what they call trash talking, right? You're playing basketball and you're saying words, you know? Before you even make that shot, they've already lost because they heard the trash talking. Now here's Caleb. Let's, it's bordering on trash talking. I want to share it with you. This is what he says. Verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bread to us. You know, if he, if he was a Filipino, this is how he would say it. They're, these giants, they're nothing but a pandesal with Eden cheese in it. Pandesal is a bread in the Philippines. Put cheese on it. Usually part of our breakfast. But if he was a South, from South Africa, from Pretoria, you know what he would say? I hope I would say it right. <laughs> he would look at them. He would look at the people of God and, look and say, those giants, they're nothing but biltong. <laughs> It's like, and you better partner it with coffee, right? They're nothing but Biltong, man. I mean, this is Caleb. He knew what he was talking about. The reality is they were giants. But for Caleb, they're nothing but breakfast. This I'm talking about breakfast for champions. You eat giants. What are, tell me again, what are your giants again? You're depressed about what? what, what you're, oh, this, oh, really? You know what? You're designed to eat them. Now that's bordering on trash talking now. Caleb says they're nothing but bread to us. Some of you, you read your Bible, they're nothing but bread to us. <laughs> Boring. Go back again. There's an intonation there. There's a, the way you pronounce it, the way you say it is different. It's, 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 it's almost like trash talking as I told you. I mean, you know when I said this and I preached it in the Philippines, I didn't know that in Facebook they follow uh, trends. When I say Eden cheese, I mean in our Facebook in the Philippines, Eden cheese that went up on the trend because in the sermon that I mentioned, and the people posted it. And Facebook made a big deal about Eden Cheese. I think Eden Cheese Company should, should sponsor my runs. <laughs> Do you have a company for Biltong? <laughs> I just mentioned it. It's recorded now. It might go up on the trend as you post it. But what I'm saying is, do you see what I see? Caleb says they're breakfast to us. So the next time you catch yourself talking about giants... Change it. Be like Caleb. And says, these are just breakfast to us. What's your problem again? It's not a problem. It's food. <laughs> Come on now. Breakfast. Bread. Remember? If you're a Filipino, besides pandesal, probably we say, it's nothing but rice. It's nothing but rice. And rice is a staple of food and so familiar to Filipinos. And says, it's easy. Give me my extra rice. If you are a Filipino or Asian or Chinese, you ask for your extra rice. 
and the way we look at our giants. Really, let me ask you, what are your giants? How are you facing your giants? And yet, I like how Caleb put it. They are bread to us. And the people... And I could imagine God cheering for Caleb in the way he talked when he was a young person 45 years ago. So when we're facing grasshopper complex, when we're facing giants, giant bullies, we got to change our attitude and sustain that fire in your bones up to when you, when you reach up to 85 years old. Are you here with me? And the next problem that he was facing here in Numbers chapter 14, you know, the, the next problem he was facing in Joshua chapter 14 is gray hairs. Gray hairs. Not only they, they, they're battling against giant, giant uh, grasshopper complex or giant bullies, but gray hairs. Why? Because he said, I'm 85 years old today. Probably it was his birthday, so he prepared his speech. He talked to Joshua, his buddy. He's, Joshua is as old as he was. And he was talking to his buddy and says, and Joshua is in charge. So as a Canaanite, as one of the spies who survived, the ten and their families passed away because of their negativity. They survived because of their faith and their love for the people to make sure they got their allotments before them. And now he was 85 years old, looked at his friend, and he reminded him his commitment to the Lord and the word of God that has been spoken to him and talked about it six times in the verse. And he talked to Joshua and said, Joshua, let this be my birthday gift. I'm 85 years old and I'm as strong as I was when I was 40 years old. Give me this mountain. Give me this hill country. And I was thinking, how can an old person with gout probably, no, no, no gout. How can an old person claim the, his mountain? I mean, have you seen 85-year-olds? They can barely walk. How can Caleb take the mountain with him? I could imagine him with his clan filled with warriors. And I could, I could imagine him being a symbolic leader. I could imagine him with his sword. And then with the word of God in his hand, wrote it in a piece of paper, if they had paper then. Put it in his pocket, if they had 501 then. And he soared with him. And I could imagine the entire army of the clan of Caleb and says, we're going to take the giants of of." Of this mountain called Hebron. This is our mountain. And they, I could imagine them climbing the mountain. He was the first mountain climber in the Bible. <laughs> and he went and took the land at the age of 85. Do you have a problem with your age? You have gray hair? I have gray hair. Let me tell you this. The issue here is that the same fire that he had when he was young... He had the same fire when he was 85 years old. Will you be as on fire when you get to that age? These are the issues that we need to face. That's why we need courage. We need that kind of disposition of being on fire for God. We need to have that kind of dependence on his word. We need to have that kind of daringness and courage up to the age when we are so old, we still have that fire in our bones. May we have the same faith in God from this day forward up to the end of our lives. I now have two grandchildren. Two grandchildren. And I, might pray. I only have one daughter. I have one son with special need. And I had my daughter who is a writer. One of the, she helped write the, the, the tribe song that we sang today. Elizabeth. You, you don't know the last name because... The husband has a different last name, right? <laughs> Married my daughter, so the, the name is different now. I said, is that my daughter? I don't know. <laughs> but but I, got, I got only one daughter, and my daughter says, Dad, I want to be a worship leader. And then I realized he wanted to be in the ministry, so I, I convinced her to be in the campus ministry. 
I said, now that you have graduated, she graduated in one of the top universities in the Philippines, graduated cum laude, and says, Dad, I want to be in a worship leader. I said, you know what? You might as well be a campus missionary, and then you can be a worship leader anytime. And so she became a campus missionary. During the pandemic, she was pregnant, and she was preaching via Via the, via the screen on record, recording the sermon while she was pregnant. I took a photo of it, screenshot. <laughs> My daughter is preaching pregnant for the youth service. Faith passed down to the next. And I'm looking forward for the faith to be passed down to the, great, to the grandchildren and to the great-grandchildren. Are you ready for this? We're gonna, we want to believe God for this, have the same faith in God. Amen. So I say as we leave today, I say this. I say this. You know, some people will come to me and say, you know, how, how are you going to are you gonna change the Philippines? How are you going to disciple the Philippines? And I say, you know what? Uh, one student at a time. And, and it, it, we're going to be like Caleb and as a movement. Uh, we, we would say, give me, instead of saying, give me this mountain, we say, give me this campus. Give me the campuses of my city. Make these campuses our inheritance. I am 85 years old today. No, not 85. I'm 58. I'm 58 years old today. But I was as strong when I was 18 years old almost 40 years ago. And we're still going to take the campuses of our cities, of our nations. And we're going to claim the campuses. And we're going to change the world one student at a time. And some people say, oh, you reach out to the politicians. You want to change the Philippines and remove corruption and injustices. You reach out to the pol politicians come to our church. But it's not about discipling the politicians right now. You know how we're going to change the world? Disciple those kids who are in the kids' church right now. Reach out to the student. Now, that student that you met today, that's the person you need to disciple. And you're going to help change the world. There are 16 cities in Metro Manila. One town, 17 all in all. There's one mayor in one of the cities. And that mayor, I, I talked to one businessman, and he, says, and he says that they have a van with bugs, uh, bu bugs, bags, <laughs> bags of cash to be given to the different leaders of different cities and city halls. But there's this one city that they knew they cannot give any bag of cash. And that city has a mayor. And that mayor grew up in kid's church when he was small. Came from the church. Grew up in kid's church. Being dragged by a single mom. Brought to the church. He grew up in church. Now he became the mayor. One of his top priority is transparency. In all the beatings, all the, all the journalists could be there. And there are no side you know, percentages for this and for that. He could earn 1 billion pesos every year simply because of, of, of a transparency and beating. And guess what? He's from church. You want to change the world? Probably even he might become one of our, he might be our, one of our, probably our future president in the Philippines. He's not qualified now. He's so young. But one of these days he might become the president of the Philippines and he came from kid church. You want to change the nation? Let's do it. One kid at a time. One student at a time. We're going to claim this nation one student at a time. And we're going to start from here, right here. You guys are coming here. But I'm, I want to release you because of the, the 9 o'clock thing. <laughs> As I end, I say this. Uh, do I have that picture? Can I show that picture? Let, just show me the picture here as we end before we watch that thing. There's this picture at the end. And... There's no picture? Okay, no problem. But let me say this as we end. The strength of a pioneering faith is anchored not in the grand numbers, but in the greatness and the goodness of God. Let the strength of our pioneering spirit in discipling this nation be dependent not on popularity, but be dependent on the goodness and the greatness of God. Amen? I want you all to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for showing us, Lord, tonight, that different spirit of Caleb. He wasn't even a teenager anymore. 
He was an 85-year-old man battling with his gray hair. And yet, Lord God, we see him still speaking like when he was 40 years old. And Lord, I, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that as we even, even this world conference, this upcoming world conference this week, Lord, I pray that 5,000 plus people from all over the world will be in Cape Town in our conference, in Go, Go Conference. May we all receive, there will, let there be an awakening. Let there be, may we all receive that infilling of the spirit of faith in our hearts to believe that in, despite, in spite of oppositions, we can enter into that room of opportunity that we, which the, the door is, uh, swings on those, on those hinges of opposition. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, I pray for Pastor Steve and the rest of the apostolic leaders of South Africa, of Africa, the, the African, uh, Lord, continent. Lord, as they are hosting this conference, let there be more territories to be uh, taken over, Lord. Let there be more campuses to be reached out to, Lord, in the name of Jesus. More students in different nations to receive the gospel. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful for giving each and every one of us that pioneering spirit, that no amount of giants, Lord God, in whatever words they would speak to us and say, we're nothing but grasshoppers. We pray in the name of Jesus that we would learn to look at the way you look at things, the way you said in Isaiah, that the inhabitants of Canaan are really grasshoppers. Teach us how to look at things in your point of view, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We repent of being negative, Lord. We repent of being, Lord, uh, racist at times in the way we speak, in our words. Lord, we, because of the gospel, Lord God, we can overcome, Lord. We can slay our own giants. Let this generation of young people here, Lord, be giant slayers in their generations. They may face different giants compared to the giants we have faced. But in the name of Jesus, the same pioneering faith, different spirit will be, each, be upon each and every one of us. Lord, we're grateful. Thank you, Lord, for this night, for encouraging us. May you continue to speak to us. May we continue, Lord God, to, for you to speak to us as we read our Bibles. Speak to us, Lord, when we pray, when we gather together. May your kingdom come. Your will be done, Lord, and your kingdom advancing through each and every one of us. I want to pray for, uh, for a student. For if you are a student, high school or college student, would you please stand? I want to pray for you and I want to ask our... Can I ask uh, uh, Nettie to come and join me in our campus missionaries? Can you please run, run up forward with me, campus missionaries, uh, full-time campus missionaries? Can we just give a warm of applause to our campus missionaries? Just amazing. These are our heroes. These are our heroes. They're giving prime of their lives for to what we're talking about today. Really. And thank God for those people who went to my nation 40 years ago to reach a student like I was. And you know what? We're going to change the world one student at a time. And you're gonna, some of you are going to be campus missionaries. Some of you are going to be supporting our campus missionaries. When you see these faces... You don't just pray for them. Put money in their wallet. Are you, you understand me? We're going to support them. We're going to stand with them because we are serious. We put our money where our mouth is. And we're going to reach the world and the campuses. Amen. We're going to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, as these students are standing tonight, oh God, I thank you, Lord, for all these students, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us a perspective, at least in my nation, to see a mayor, a young mayor, in one of the toughest cities in Metro Manila. And here's a young mayor, Father God, who came from Kid Church, who was, Lord, who studied in the university, and now, Lord, just making a, making a wave in our nation, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, give us more people like that student, Lord, who became the leader in our society. Oh, Lord God, give us, Lord, Pretoria, Give us South Africa, Lord. Give us the continent of Africa, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And we pray for all these students as they, Lord, uh, change the campus. They will truly change the world. And I pray that you give them wisdom in the name of Jesus in order for them, uh, in order for them to excel. If you are a student, I want you to look up to me right now. Remember these three words as a student. Number one, academics. 
Our prayer is you're going to excel in your academics. Am I correct? Who among you want to have good grades? Great. Your parents will get saved. I'm telling you. Just, just show them your grades and probably they will faint. Because your grades got saved. Academics is important. Remember that. You're in the campus for your academics. Number two, you're in the campus because you're called to be a leader. Learn how to lead now. The one I told my daughter, take charge, is not just for her. It's for every student to take charge, to help the weak, to share, be generous, to volunteer, to lead in your studentry, to lead in your classroom, be the servant of all. Then you be a leader. Are you here with me? Learn leadership now. Number three, you're a missionary. You have the gospel with you. You preach. Are you here with me? Don't forget those things. Academics, leadership, and mission. Oh, Father God, raise your hands. Lord, I thank you for all these students. I thank you, Lord, for tonight. May, they, may the spring back wins. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm done.